Welcome to another episode of the Outdoor Scholars Podcast, where you get a chance to learn all about the only program in the country that keeps students involved in the outdoors while educating them on career opportunities within the outdoor industry. Hey guys, we're here at the Outdoor Scholars Lodge on the campus of the University of Montevallo with our very first episode of Outdoor Scholars Podcast. I'm William Crawford, the host of the show and the director of the Outdoor Scholars Program. For those of you that are listening to this podcast and know nothing about the Outdoor Scholars Program, you're in for a treat. Our program is committed to educating the next generation on the values of work ethic and conservation to lead the way in protecting our heritage for the benefits of our wildlife, lands, and natural resources. The Outdoor Scholars Program is the only program in the country that is designed to keep young people, college-age students, involved in the outdoors while educating them on career opportunities within the outdoor industry. You know, people are always asking what goes on with your program. You know, our program has several different parts. We have conservation, community service projects, hunting and fishing trips, and guest speakers that come in and talk about what they do within the outdoor industry. You know, many students are really unsure of what they want to go into when they start college or or, or even when they finish. And, And our guest speaker series provides them an opportunity to learn more about different things within the industry and it may spark an interest to to push them towards a certain degree or certain certain major uh and 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 part of 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 this guest speaker series is is very important uh because there have been many things even i have learned uh through the last few years that, that i didn't even know existed so for our our students to to really understand and and hear firsthand what's available through the industry uh, from the people that are actually working in it uh, is is an awesome thing to to see and hear. You know, another big component of our program are the hunting and fishing trips. Every student that comes into our program has the opportunity to go on a trip of a lifetime, uh, whether it's red fishing in Venice, Louisiana, deer hunting in Illinois, or duck hunting in Arkansas. There's always a fun opportunity for, for our students to participate in. And, you know, we leave it up to the students on what it is that, that, that they do and what adventures they take. And, and, and that's the uniqueness behind our program is that the students get to choose a lot of the different things that they do and that they're involved in. And, and we really think that, uh, that they really enjoy that, that aspect. On today's episode, the very first episode of Outdoor Scholars podcast, we have two freshmen with us that were on our very first trip this year, uh, the red fishing trip down to Venice, Louisiana. Uh, but today we have Elliot Terode and Mason Waddell in, in, in the house with us, right here in the lodge. Um, guys, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and, and what made you decide to, to come to Montevallo and be a part of, of the Outdoor Scholars Program. Hey, I'm Elliot, and I'm from Montgomery. And I like Montevallo. It's a great place, and we're surrounded by a lot of the great outdoors of Alabama, and especially the Coosa River. And I chose Montevallo for the great fishing team and to come and learn a lot. Yeah, how's it going, guys? I'm uh, Mason Waddell. Uh, I'm from Harris County, Georgia, or Booger Bottom, Georgia, if we, if we want to get real redneck. But uh, 
No, I, I'm a just all my life I've been an avid hunting hunter and fisherman and just outdoorsman in general. But um, uh, in my last couple of years of high school, I got really into the tournament fishing uh, side of things and uh, was really blessed to have some success during high school and uh, actually ended up getting a fishing scholarship to to, uh, to come here to the University of Montevallo and. Uh, man, when I heard about the program and, and the trips that uh, were offered to take, and along with going tournament fishing, man, it was just, uh, you know, I couldn't dream of a better place to go. And, and now that I'm here, it's definitely nothing short of that. i got a great, great, great group of guys here and, and girls, too. And uh, just all the experiences we've had so far are, uh, are just great. And, and I know they're, they're memories that I'll take with me for a long time. So... I'm definitely really glad uh, to be here at the University of Montevallo. So what are you guys studying while y'all are here at at Montevallo, besides fishing and hunting? (laughs) Uh, I'm taking business marketing. And, yeah, I also am. And and a lot of our students are in uh, business. Uh, About 95% of our students are in some form of of business and and tying it back to the outdoors in in some capacity. You know, we have students that are – biology majors uh we have some that are education majors some that want to be doctors lawyers uh so you know it's a a wide range of of what we have and you know that's something that's really cool with our program it's not a cookie cutter program where everybody comes in and has to do the same things we always uh ask a a student when they come and visit before they're enrolled here at montevallo what is it that you want to do uh, for a career what would be be your dream job and and i always make mental note of that and and try to help uh, a student and these young people find a way to make their dreams come true because with what i do here overseeing the outdoor scholars program and the fishing team here at montevallo i mean i'm i'm, I'm living my dream when i was in their shoes i wanted to have a career doing something outdoor related and and there really wasn't a, a program that that put me where I wanted to be and, and to be able to, to mold and make a program like this, to, to know that it is available now for students to come in and, and be able to pursue their, their dreams and, and do what they love to do. Uh, I'm just happy to, to be a part of it and, and hope we can continue on. Before we dive into to this, this trip down to, down to Venice, you know, people always ask us, how are y'all able to afford these trips that that you go on and you know let it be known we wouldn't be able to do what we do with our program the trips that we uh, go on and all the different things that go on within if it wasn't for our sponsors and supporters of the program and 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 again without them we would be nothing uh and and we just want to thank all of them for the opportunities that they give uh, our students and, and, and these people in this program to, to be able to stay connected to the to the outdoors. Uh, you know, one of the biggest things that, that we have done in the last year uh, to give people more of an inside look to our program, because a lot of people are always curious what goes on within the, the, the Outdoor Scholars Program and the best way for, for us to, to share what it is that, that we do is we started a, a web series uh, back last summer called Outdoor Scholars TV. It's on our YouTube channel. Uh, we're already filming for season two right now that will air this summer. But that is a great way for people to see firsthand what these trips are all about, the excitement and the joy that these students have when they go on these trips. Uh, and, and you're going to get to hear today, you know, 
what kind of experiences these guys have when they go on one of these these great uh, trips through the Outdoor Scholars Program. So diving in uh, to the meat and potatoes of, of this podcast, this red fishing trip down to Venice, Louisiana. Have y'all ever red fished before? I haven't. Yeah, I've never had before then. All right, so we can go ahead and mark that off the list. All right, first red fishing trip ever. You know, have you ever been to Louisiana to go fishing before? I've even done that. Never fishing. We've blown some turkey's heads off in Louisiana. Never, never fishing. So we can mark another one off the list. You know, that's that's one of the cool things for me when when we go on these different trips is is taking people on their first trip, whether it's a deer hunting trip, a fishing trip whatever and and taking them to new locations Uh, i know some of the trips we've hopped on airplanes before when we went to the bahamas and some people that was their first plane ride ever so it's always an experience it's always something that these students will will always remember so i knew that with a group of guys that we had on this red fishing trip all of them were bass fishermen Uh, i don't think any of them had ever caught redfish before i know these guys just said that they hadn't uh, but if you're a bass fisherman and, and, and you love to catch big bass and you've never been red fishing, you need to book you a trip right now. Call Native Adventures. That's our go-to guys when we go red fishing down in Venice, uh, and they will definitely hook you up. This is, was our third year to go red fishing with these guys, uh, Captain Allen and Captain Justin at Native Adventures. Uh, there's not been a time that we have not been down there uh, and not caught a lot of fish. You know, we've caught some some really big bull reds. We've caught, uh, you know, the slot size fish. Uh, we've caught them quick. Uh, some days it may be a little bit more of a grind, but by the end of that day, we always have a cooler full of fish, a lot of fun, a lot of laughs that we've shared on the on the boat. So we look forward to to that trip every year. So uh mason starting with you kind of what was your expectations going into this trip and and seeing that you'd never redfished before what what were you thinking well you know obviously i'm a i'm a major mostly just a uh, bass fisherman and man you gotta work pretty hard for the bass 90 percent of the time so i was i was hoping we were gonna we were gonna get to lean on a few and uh and, and do it pretty easily and, and and get a lot of bites and uh as soon as i saw just videos and and shows and things on red fishing. Uh, I knew it was something I wanted wanted to do. They're just mean fish and and beautiful, and they're also real good in a fryer. So, um, yeah, my expectations were really high for the trip, and uh, I think it's safe to say they didn't disappoint uh, once we got there. Absolutely, and and you know the the weather was perfect for us. We went uh, you know mid September before any kind of big cool fronts or anything came in. Last year we battled a little bit of rain and and high uh, high winds while we were there, but this year it was it was a perfect beautiful morning. Uh, you know, Elliot, when we when we arrived there at, at Venice Marina, uh, known as the redfish capital of the of the world. What, what what was going through your mind when we pulled up there at the marina and saw all the boats and, and everybody standing around? Man, it was pretty great. Uh, there were boats everywhere. You know, people putting boats in the water, just getting ready to go. The smell of fish was rampant, and it was just you know pumping in your blood. You're ready to get going and catch some fish. So we we loaded up and and, and went out. Uh, we had two boats that that we uh, had chartered for the day with with Captain Allen and Captain Justin and. Uh, we divided up and, and had everything rolling. We had cameras on both boats. Garrett uh, Devers was filming on one boat. I was filming on the other. 
uh, and then also had the GoPro roll, and so I could sneak in there and catch a fish or two while while we were out there. But uh, so so we go out and and start fishing, and and the boats at first we separated. Uh, Elliot, you were on one boat, Mason was on the other boat, and I was on the boat with Mason. And Mason, we get to that first spot, and there wasn't a whole lot of action going on, was there? Not a whole whole lot of action other than, than Trey Dickert putting the South Carolina special hook set on him and, and about breaking his rod and had bobbers and hooks going everywhere. But, uh, yeah, when we first got there, I think there were some there were some little bait fish school and stuff like that. Uh, and so we were hoping that, hoping that they were going to be chewing. When we got there, uh, I think we got a couple bites. I did catch my first my uh, my first redfish ever there. And um, I know you and Trey caught a few also on that spot. But, uh, yeah, it definitely didn't turn on until we, it got a little later in the morning. Yeah, and, and you know, the, the thing about these guys, they fish every day of the week. So they, they know where the fish are and what's going on. And, and just so happened where we were, they had caught them the day before, but the fish had already moved and – uh, you know, Elliot and, and their boat, they were on fish, I think, from, from the beginning. Uh, and, and we ended up getting up with them later on in the morning once they caught all their fish. So they kind of kept it a secret from us, I think, until they got their fish, and then they let us move in. Elliot, tell us about y'all's morning. Yeah, we pull up to the first spot. You know, the sun's just coming up. It's great. It feels good. And everybody starts catching fish, except me. Yeah, Harless is swinging in, ton of redfish. Yeah, he's just jacking them. And so is Jack, you know. He was, he was hitting them with that Maryland power. It, they were just flying in the boat. And I'm like, man, yeah, I'm coming. I'm going to come home empty. This is terrible. And finally, I catch one. It's a good one. And it's only, you know, maybe 15 minutes into fishing, but everybody else has just been putting them in the boat. And, you know, all of a sudden it's on. And I, I just keep jacking them. Everybody else is. And, you know, soon enough we have a boat full of fish and we decided to call mason and william up and let them come catch some of our fish yeah so so when they called i, I remember the guide he said put your boats in the water or in the in the boat and let's go and so we pull up on this this point and there's probably 15 boats fishing all around this one point and and we squeezed in there we kind of took where elliot and them were and they moved on down a little bit because they had already i mean within 45 minutes to an hour y'all already had your limit and and so we still needed some fish and and it didn't take us long to to get our limit man they were biting good right there and and uh we definitely got some good footage and caught some good fish and it seemed about like just about every cast we were catching fish and uh uh who who caught the biggest fish on your boat that day oh hands down me i caught the biggest (laughs) one of the entire trip And, and and it's fun catching those those big bull reds and and uh letting them fight and doing it on light tackle too uh that definitely puts up a a, a fight but uh you know the the fish did did excellent we caught our fish and then kind of got out of there and let some other people move in and and we still fished the rest of the the morning we just uh we, we weren't there to to keep anymore we were actually kind of changed our tactics trying to catch us a some some bigger reds uh the ones we caught were were perfect uh size to throw in the cooler and and met all the uh the limits and stuff but uh you know within an hour and a half our two boats had our fish that we needed and man it was fast-paced action for sure so so with you guys being bass fishermen you know how does it compare and how does it differ from red fishing you know one thing about bass fishing is is 90% of the time you're, you're, you're looking 
for those fish that are fired up. And, and once in a blue moon, you will get those fish fired up as far as largemouth, smallmouth spots go to where they are chewing on every single cast. So the thing about red fishing is, is when you go out on any given day, somewhere, somewhere, uh, you know, in all those deltas and different things, there's going to be a school that's potentially chewing. And obviously we saw that morning they were there. If you ever been uh, ledge fishing on the Tennessee River and seen a big community hole, it was like that on steroids. There were literally, I mean, you couldn't even, you, you were basically rubbing bumpers with the boats beside you making the same cast at the same spot. And, uh, and that was really cool to see as far as th those redfish are so mean and they get schooled up so, just so good every day of the week. And uh, we definitely got to experience that. And, and, you know, that's the thing about saltwater fishing. Uh, I've only done a little bit of it, but, man, saltwater fish just eat. They really do. They're always hungry. You ain't got to tempt them too much. And, and literally, once we got on them, you, could, you wouldn't have that popping cork in the water two times or two seconds pop it one time and it was going under and you never knew how big that fish was going to be when you set the hook uh, and so it was really fun and also we didn't i didn't really know this until later on elliot and them had been jacking those fish on this on those spinning rods their guy told them to just crack down on them and i'd been being kind of easy just kind of pulling into them uh but i think next time we go i'm gonna have to swing swing a little harder on a few of them because that looked pretty fun but, uh, well, you know, the, the, the biggest thing, difference that I see in, in red fishing and, and bass fishing, even though it's very similar, you know, the when when a redfish hits your bait, they're not hitting it like a bass uh, or especially not like a spot uh, to where it's just all out war. It's more of an easy take. But then once they do take it, then it's game on. Uh and, and and that's that's what I love about it, feeling that that big fight on that big red, and and again on that light spinning tackle, it it's something. So, so what was the go to bait that day for y'all, Elliot? What, I mean, what were y'all using to catch all those fish? We had a bobber, you know, and what's it? What was it called? The popping cork. A popping cork, yeah. And just you know, plain live shrimp, and they would eat it up. You know, here in here in Alabama, we're used to brim fishing with a cork, so there, there's a little difference than a in a bobber and a uh, one of those popping corks that they that they use. But so so we was it live shrimp or, or frozen shrimp? What kind of shrimp were y'all using? It was live, right there on the spot. Oh, we had we had frozen. That, that maybe that was a secret. Maybe, right? maybe that was, and and you know it it uh, it always makes a difference. Like some days they'll they'll hit a live shrimp better than others some days they'll hit artificial better than others uh so you just don't know and 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 again that goes to uh those guides being able to go out and fish every day and, and kind of know what's what's happening what's taking place so uh it definitely was a, a a neat experience for all the guys because they never had done something like that before and uh so so we get done fishing and, and we're back at the the cabins that, that we stayed in there. Uh, tell us kind of what what took place after the the actual fishing was over. Oh, you know we're all we're all a really good group of friends. We uh, it was early in the year, but man, we had already hit it off. And uh, man, we went back to the lodge, and, and the place we stayed was just so nice. Um, we just back went back to the lodge, snacked a little bit, watched some football. I think we listened to some Hank Jr. a little bit here and there, and. They just talked and cut up and, and just talked about our day and 
and just picked on William because we all knew he didn't catch, but I think two fish. The rest of us caught like 30 each. So that was kind that, of sad. That, that must have been during your dream because if I remember correctly, when I walked in, all of y'all were just passed out, just asleep from, from the, the, the rough day of fishing. And, <laughs> and that long travel and, and riding in that big, nice luxury vehicle y'all, y'all were riding in on the way down. Sure. So, um, but no, we, we did watch a little football and, and, you know, that's one of the, the, the favorite parts of, of that trip every year and the time of the year that we go, the, the fall, it's football season. You come in off a, a morning uh, on the water. You come in, you watch some, some college football, and it wasn't long that the fish were cleaned and, and we we're ready to, to, to grub ourselves and, and cook that some of that red fish, that fresh red fish up that night and, and had a good meal and a good uh, company there uh, at camp. So it, it's always a good time. And, you know, regardless of what kind of trip we go on, that's one of the things that we try to try to teach is uh, kind of the, the field to table or, or water to table approaches is, you know, take what you harvest and, and put it to good use and uh, t- teach these students how to, to cook and prepare uh, the, this wild game and fish because it's definitely some good stuff. Now, seeing that y'all had never redfished before, had you ever eaten redfish before? Yeah, I had. I actually never had. Okay. Had you ever had it the way that we cooked it there? We cooked it on the grill and in the stove. We did baked and grilled. Did we fry any? I can't remember. Not that bad. Okay. And and we did it all on, on the, the shale, uh, half shale. And and so, you know, man, it was it was some good stuff. My mouth is, is watering sitting here thinking about it right That's now. Good. So, uh, And I know some of the guys that, that went – later on down uh with native adventures on the duck hunt we had a little redfish left over and and we snuck some on that trip to to let them experience too so they'll have to thank you elliot for 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 providing all the fish for for the trip so thank you for that you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) so all right so y'all have enjoyed this this red fishing trip do you want to go back Oh, I'm definitely going back next year. I think most of the guys have talked about it, and we all decide, you know, we're going to get the same guys on that trip and, you know, have an even better time, hopefully. Yeah, that was awesome. There's no doubt I would, I would love to go back. I think that's probably going to be my number one pick next year, too. Well, you know, the, the trips, uh, as, as we mentioned before, you know, the students get to choose their own trips every year of what they want to go on. And, and sometimes people pick the same trips over and over again because they enjoy them so much. And sometimes students like to pick, new and, and adventurous uh, things that they've never done before things that they want to experience but the red fishing trip is definitely one of my favorite that we do every year uh, again the folks at native adventures they do a fabulous job at uh, putting us on fish and, and making sure we're catching fish uh, during that during that time uh, you know we've been down there and, and caught speckled trout we've caught redfish sheep's head black drum uh we we've done a little bit of everything and uh you know being the way that we like to eat you know we we kept them all and put them in the cooler and 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 got back to the camp and 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 grubbed out but did y'all catch any i can't thinking back i don't know if we caught much of anything other than redfish that day did y'all catch anything else i don't remember catching anything else i don't either i I don't think we ever did but uh and again i know some years we catch more one one thing than another but uh, as i remember i thought it was all pretty much the the redfish that that we had so great times down in venice louisiana uh with the outdoor scholars program 
Mason and, and Elliot here with us talking about this, this trip. Um, you know, taking the, 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 the long ride to, to Venice, you know, you're all excited on the way down there uh, of the excitement for the next day's trip. We spend the night, we wake up the next morning, we've got that long ride back to Montevallo. That's that's never a good feeling, is it? No, especially not when you got a, you're got you riding in a van with no suspension. <laughs> Very bumpy, yeah, all the I, way through New Orleans and Mississippi. For any for any people uh, aspiring to go on, on the red fishing trip, uh, I, I, I strongly suggest that you go on and schedule a chiropractor appointment for the week that you get back because you're definitely going to need it. <laughs> Or you could just sit towards the front and not experience the, the, the bumpiness, or y'all just might need to call the Department of Transportation for the state of Louisiana and well, Mississippi. Garrett, Garrett Devers, you know, he pretty much threatened to beat us up if we stole a seat in the front. So we were stuck in the back. You know, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm 150 pounds. Garrett, you know, he's, he's 250, so I, I don't stand a chance of that. I'm not about to try to steal that seat. <laughs> so as you can tell, we had a great time on, on this trip. We look forward to, to that trip again next year. Uh, who knows? Elliot and Mason may be on it again. They say they are. Uh, so we'll we'll have to just wait and, and, and find out. So, all right, guys, y'all have been in the program uh, now a semester and a month. And what what have y'all taken so far from it? And, and kind of what's your expectations as, as the year goes on uh, to finish out your, your freshman year? Well, first of all, uh, one thing that I've, I've told everybody uh, when they ask me about Montevallo is I just can't can't uh, say enough just how how awesome the friendships uh, that, I've, that I've made here at Montevallo in my, my short time I've been here so far I mean uh, we've we've literally got a second family here and and uh, just just a really really good group of people here um, and also with that uh, some really good talent some some great hunters some some great anglers and uh I'm really excited. We're, we're actually about to leave here in a week and a half to go to uh, Lake Seminole uh, and get our first, well, second college tournament. Uh, but the spring season started for, for tournament fishing. And, uh, man, we've really got some good talent on uh, that side of things. And I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what this team can do this year. Um, I have a really good feeling that we're going we're gonna to be up there near the top um, on a lot of these events. So uh, that's one thing that's really exciting. Mason couldn't have said that any better. I mean, it is a great place here. You know, we have William who does a lot for us, and all of us are real close, and we're all buddy-buddy, and it makes it really fun, and and college is a lot of fun. But one thing, you know, that everybody can take away, especially here on the fishing team, we do a lot of traveling, and, you know, sometimes we got to get real serious about school and, you know, make sure we don't get behind because it can be tough if you do. That's right, and as Mason said, we're we're just a few weeks away from kicking off the spring uh, season for collegiate fishing. Uh, f- keep following the fishing team, the Outdoor Scholars Program, on social media. Uh, both groups have accounts on Instagram and Facebook, uh, and follow the success as the spring uh, moves forward. So, guys, thank you for taking some time out of your day to join us for this podcast, uh, and and you listeners. Uh, Again, you've listened to the very first episode of Outdoor Scholars Podcast. Uh, Stay tuned for the next episode. Who knows where we may be or what we may be doing traveling with the Outdoor Scholars Program at the University of Montevallo.